0: You're listening to VO Stories, episode 80. Today, I'm talking with voiceover talents and creators of the upcoming voiceover conference here in NYC, Karen Guilfrey and Jamie Muffet. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Tina Zaremba, voiceover talent, mentor, and good old-fashioned storyteller. I believe we all have a story to tell. We can all learn from one another. I created this podcast for you the VO artist who's ready to embrace all that your VO journey has to offer. You'll be inspired, informed, and transformed as you learn from industry experts, VO talents, and my insights from 15 years in the industry, having voiced national commercials to promos and everything in between. Success in voiceovers is more than just a snazzy voice, and this podcast will help show you the way. Thanks for listening. Hello, my friends. As I mentioned at the top, today's interview is with voiceover talents and creators of the upcoming voiceover conference, Vocation. Whether you're a newbie or a veteran to voiceovers, this conference is for you. As you'll hear from Karin and Jamie, to build a sustainable voiceover business, you have to have a firm foundation in marketing, understanding a home studio, invoicing clients, converting work to union work, and way, way more. Here's our chat. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to be with me, Karn and Jamie. Karn, why don't you tell me where you are based and how long you've been in voiceovers?
1: Great. I am based in New York City, and um, I've been in the voiceover game since, gosh, I guess it was 2012 when I started. I used to live in Switzerland, and I had a visa to sing opera, but that was it. So, and I had to like time between gigs and I just needed a job that I could do remotely from the States and that's voiceover I could do remotely. And so I started doing it and it's been great ever I since. I
0: love it. Awesome. <laughs> and Jamie and yourself, where are you, my friend?
2: I am just outside of Philly. Um, we've been here a couple of years now and I was in New York uh, until, yeah, two years ago and we moved to America in 09. So this is our... 10th year in America, uh, I got into voiceover kind of similar in in some ways because I was in music too. I had a studio in the UK, small studio, uh, in my local town and I was playing in bands and things like that. And, um, I wanted to actually move to America to pursue music more than anything, Mm -hmm. but it's a sort of unstable (laughs) career choice (laughs) at the best of times. And it really was the best of times. (laughs) The music industry was imploding. Um, so I thought, well, I've got some recording gear, and you know, why don't I try voiceover? Since I'm coming to America and I'm a Brit, maybe there's some work. And so that's that's how I started. And I basically um, gave it a go in the UK, and then packed up my computer and unpacked it in America, and carried on, and was pursuing music and, or you know, working in music and voiceover concurrently for a long time, and have basically made the complete switch now. So I'm pretty much fully in. Voiceover in one form or another.
0: I love it, and you also have a podcast, right?
2: I do. Yes, okay. VO School.
1: Love it. That's great. It's a, his podcast is great for anyone who's ju- who's starting in voiceover or has been in voiceover for a while and just you know wants to learn as much as possible and refresh yourself or whatever. The VO School podcast is great. I, I will it on this podcast. <laughs> so, how did you two meet? That's a great question. I. How did we meet
2: Jamie (laughs) online? Actually, yeah, because Tim Friedlander told me to join your your group.
1: Oh, right. Tim Friedlander is, you know, a big wig in the VO world. And um, and I have a Facebook group called Voice Actors of NYC. We are a New York City and surrounding area based voiceover group. And uh, Jamie's in Philly, which is not too far away. So, yeah, we met that way.
2: Yeah, definitely one of those like chatting online starting situations and then came to events and I taught a class at your fantastic New York group and then we put on an event I can't remember which way around we did it but we we put on the collaboration between the podcast and your group we did a uh, like a panel discussion yeah and that was that was great fun and so we worked together a little bit on that and then uh, that's how we sort of got the ball rolling with the the conference
0: so Let's, let's move there. So vocation, how did that, what was the impetus for that? There are a lot of conferences out there. I mean, let's be honest, there's a lot of voiceover conferences and it's hard to decipher sometimes which one is the best fit.
1: Yeah. So, so vocation is specifically a conference dedicated to the business side of voiceover. Love it. And when we were um, you know, we did this panel discussion with my group Um, and we just discovered that there was really a real need for these kinds of events in New York city. There really aren't voiceover conferences in New York. There's, um, there are a few in LA and there's of course, VO Atlanta, but there wasn't anything here. And this is one of the major voiceover markets Mm -hmm. in the country. So it just seemed strange that there wasn't something here, um, the reason why we decided to make it about the business side of voiceover is, one, because the industry has changed so much. And really, when you're a voice actor, you are your own small business. And I think a lot of that is not discussed in great length at some of these conferences where it's kind of performance-based or more performance-based. Yeah. Um And two, because we had this great network of people already here and we wanted to create something really cool and interesting in New York.
0: Yeah, I think that, uh, (laughs) you know, I remember when I started in voiceovers or looking back, I wish that someone would have told me you are your own business. Because I remember when I booked my first big campaign, I kind of had this illusion in my disillusion my head that, well, that's just how it is. And you know how, when you make a certain amount, then the next year you make double that, or if you're in a normal type business, but that's not how it is when you own your own business, it's up and down and round and round. Yeah. Uh, so I fully appreciate that. Now you guys have a great lineup of different speakers and that are going to be speaking, uh, at the conference, Jamie, can you talk a little bit about some of those?
2: Sure. Yeah, we we started with the subjects that we really wanted to delve into first, and then basically chose the people that best knew about those subjects and exemplified how best to approach those subjects. I think. Um, so, I should pull up the website because I'm not going to remember everyone. But um, we've got a we've got a lot of New York people, of course, but we're flying people in uh, from around the country and actually from Europe as well. Hugh is coming from Gravy for the Brain. Um, but our keynote speaker is J. Michael Collins. You may have heard of him.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he's the voiceover man. He's yeah. ubiquitous among, <laughs> among us.
2: But we've, you know, we've got people outside of the industry as well. Um, we've got uh, RuPaul Patel from Focal ID, and they're working with uh, synthetic voices and AI, which is a big emerging story in the voiceover world. Um, but we've also got... Agents, you know, people you don't hear from quite as much as more um, performance type people. So, um, you know, we're, we're trying to get as many perspectives as possible within that uh, sort of business niche um, from the, like I say, the agent side or the manager's side. Or we've even got uh, Joe Davis, who he makes fantastic websites for talent oh, and
0: lawyers
2: yeah. and Oh, a whole a whole gamut, and even yeah. pro, pro, pro talent as well, you know, because you know it's important to hear from talent who are successful and how they do it and what they do to uh, encourage success.
1: You yeah. Know. And on that note, I think that it's great to have such a wide array of speakers and panelists and classes because there really is no one right way to run your voiceover business. Some people have huge success with online casting. Some people have huge success with direct marketing. Some people make all of their money through their agents and working with casting directors. Um, Some people live in New York City. Some people live in, you know, Alabama or wherever, (laughs) Mm-hmm. And there really there are so many different ways to make a career um, in voiceover. I think it's just important to have many, many different perspectives so that you can say when you're there like, oh, I've been doing this online casting pay to play thing for years and I'm not making any headway. Oh, let's listen to Tracy Lindley talk, to, talk about using LinkedIn uh, for direct marketing. And maybe that's something that will work better for me. You know, you just have lots of different ways to learn.
2: Yeah, and, and peeking behind the curtain a little bit of how we're planning our panels, we're not wanting to necessarily, you know, in any given subject, say this is this is how to do it. We're trying to be very cognizant of that there are, like Karin just said, multiple perspectives on the same subject. So <laughs> maybe that will cause some friction, I don't know. But it, I think it's important to project all those different uh, paths to success, you know.
0: Absolutely, that there's not one form- set formula here. Yeah. So take me throughout the day. Is it going to be, it's at the symphony space here in New York. Uh, people will be seated in the auditorium and you'll have one panel line up at like
1: nine to 11 and then another panel or will folks yeah. decide what yeah. happening? So that's pretty. That's pretty much how it's going to be. Uh, but we also have a breakout room. So we have um, simultaneously the the big room and the breakout room happening. And you'll sign up for the small classes on the day of those classes. Um, so, for example, we have you know an audiobook panel going on, and simultaneously um, a uh, talk about the legal side of all things voiceover and contracts and how to like copyright your your own voiceover files and things like that so if you're interested in audiobooks you go to the audiobook panel but if you'd rather hear about you know the legal side of voiceover then you go to the the legal side of voiceover class Mm -hmm. and um, so we have it set up that you can move from one thing to the other we'll take a break every hour so that people have a chance to go from one place to the next. And um, yeah, that's how it's pretty much set up. The panels in the evenings are uh, just by themselves. There's nothing else going on during that time. But yeah. And if someone is has
0: been in voiceovers and they're, you know, the industry has changed so much in the last 10, 5 years, and they're finding that they need to be doing more marketing on their own than relying on their agents. What types of speakers or panels do you have set up for that,
2: if any? Yeah, well we do cover we're covering marketing and branding and things. We've got Tom Deere talking about that and uh ah, Siegel um, is coming too. So we've got two <laughs> fantastically
1: And Tracy Lindley, like I've mentioned before.
2: Yeah. Talking so online, about LinkedIn. Yeah, more classic uh, marketing methods as well. Um, and, you know, really if, if people are established talent and they feel there's something lacking in their business knowledge, it's obviously a good thing to come to if they're absolutely killing it and, you know, and you're doing something, you're doing everything right. Obviously it's it's not so crucial that you do come to be, to be frank, um, mm-hmm. to be perfectly honest, as you and all of us are probably aware, doing the business side is at least equal to the amount of Probably more the amount of time in a booth (laughs) spent. Yeah. Yeah. Wasting into a microphone. So it is an important aspect to get right as a talent, you know. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. And I think so often many talent uh, come from an acting or theater background. And what, you know, if they've studied theater, that's at the schools. I don't know, Karin, when you studied at Juilliard, did they have a business?
1: course for you on? Oh no. no, no. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I I studied opera singing, but there was no business course and I wish there really had been one. Actually, one thing they did was they brought um, someone in who was a a publicist Mm -hmm. who told us about marketing ourselves. And her name is Ruth Falcone she's awesome um, and that was something that really got me thinking that you know being any freelance talent is is like running your own business but you know I think that I think that when you're an actor or when you're an opera singer um, traditionally so much of your uh, career is dependent on your uh, agent or manager or whoever happens to represent you, you feel like you can't take the rain, you know, the reins and steer your career the way you want it to go. But the voiceover industry is very different. You really have the ability to kind of you know take control and find your own clients and do auditions that you want to do outside of your representation and so I, I think that that's a, a, a different thing that gives us an advantage and makes us feel like we have a little more control.
0: Uh, yeah, and we're more empowered and absolutely. you know we're in the driver's seat. But, you know, I'm also thinking that this conference is right for people who are new to voiceovers. So, can you um, talk a little bit about that? Why, if someone's interested in voiceovers, how this might be a fit for them as well?
2: Yeah, I mean, like I was saying, you have to know this <laughs> stuff to get anywhere in this industry. Yeah, yeah. a few gigs here and there, maybe through luck, through recommendations, or, Maybe you go on a pay-to-play side or something like that. But to really sustain yourself and your family and to do that year after year, you have to have a solid foundation in many areas of operating a business. You know, all the areas required. You have to do your taxes. You have to get your expenses right. You have to market and brand yourself. You know, you have to maintain your client base and all that kind of stuff that sounds maybe from a performance. If you're used to performance, that sounds a little dull. <laughs> <but> <laughs> to be done to you know make sure that you can do this job um successfully and you don't have to do another job on the side to support it so um we're going to take the you know we're looking at the people that are coming we've got a real mix of of folks who have been in it a long time in people who've been in it for maybe a couple of years and then people who are completely green to, to voiceover so i don't think it ever hurts even if you've been it in it for a while to take a fresh look at things from sort of square you know square one and reassess how you do things cuz you know the industry changes maybe your practices aren't getting you as much work as they could they could be and you know it's 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 going to i really do think it's going to benefit Much everyone who comes one way or another. That's part of why we chose to do business specifically. It's it's not an easy sell for us because it doesn't. It's not as sexy as maybe you know promo performance and commercial.
1: (laughs) Right, right, right. Animation. Everybody wants to do animation.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think really it's got possibly more value as a conference that way because you can step away with something that you can then go ahead and just bam employ on the monday you know after the yeah conference. exactly
1: i've been to a few in person auditions this week i go all the time but there's a few aud- auditions this week in person i've met a few voice actors that are a very specific kind of voice actor the the kind of voice actor who does mostly on camera work mm-hmm. who is part of the voiceover department at their agency and they get sent out every once in a while for in person auditions they want to do more voiceover work But I've had like three people ask me this week, so I'm getting a lot of like self-tape auditions, which is what you call it when you're an on-camera actor. (laughs) And like, I've just been recording them on my phone. Do you have like a home studio? (laughs) And I'm like, oh, yes. (laughs) Yes, I have a home studio. And guess what? You are cutting yourself off from so much work if you don't even work that you get through your agents. And so I think that for that specific type of New York actor in particular, this conference will be very, very helpful. And there are a lot of people like that here.
0: Absolutely, because they were maybe growing, even people within voiceovers that were growing and thriving in the 90s and the Mm -hmm. early 2000s, and then technology just took off and everyone's auditioning from home.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's such a great yeah. job. It's such a great job. I am a mom. I have two little babies. My oldest, my oldest is two and my youngest is 10 weeks old Aww. and <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, you know, when they're new, you count the weeks. But anyway. <laughs> um
0: thank God we don't when we're adults. Right, right, right. I don't know how many weeks old I am.
1: <laughs> um, but uh yeah, it, it's just awesome because I, I work mostly from home. I get to be with them, I get to watch them grow up, I get to be their mom for most of the day. And uh and I audition from home and I do most of my work from home. It's, it's just great. It's a great, great, great job. It takes effort to get into. It takes, there's a definitely a learning curve. Um, It's always important to be learning more and refreshing yourself, but it's, it's just such a great job.
0: How do you two, and uh, this is for both of you, but Jamie, how do you set goals for yourself when this business is so fluid and changes? Like, do you set quarterly goals? Do you set annual goals and how do you track them?
2: Well, I probably should. And maybe this is, a, you know, do (laughs) what you do, not what you do. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I set goals for myself in terms of practical business things. Like I need to update my demos by a certain date or I want to reach out to a certain amount of people this month or whatever it is like that. But I don't have any necessary global achievement goals for myself Mm -hmm. because to some degree, you know, even though you have to go out and, make the opportunities for yourself you still can't really predict who's going to hire you for anyone any gig at any time from my perspective that has been you know the situation you know my accounting software i i I look at the you know the stuff that isn't through sag the non-sag after um mm-hmm. work that i do i can keep track of uh you know uh, peaks and valleys in the income and you know when there are quiet periods and when there are busy periods and what to expect coming up and things like that. I think in general I try and keep an eye on the industry and how you know maybe it doesn't always apply but noticing how other people are you know what other people are saying about how much they're booking and how much they're not and you know how do I fit within that? To some degree there's only a certain amount you can predict or expect because it's it still surprises me like this month for example July is usually and August is usually dead. But I've just been you know run off my feet this last you know six weeks.
1: Right. that's awesome. Um, good but
2: it, it's it's <laughs> you, know, you just never know, you just never know to some degree, but I do what I can to 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 be distribute the work, so I'm not relying purely on promo work or commercial work. There's other genres, and you know each genre tends to have quiet and busy periods, so that's the idea is to try and keep keep yourself busy throughout the year and uh, you know if for whatever reason. Everything coincides at the same time that it gets a bit quiet. You've got a bit of a, a buffer in the bank account and things like that. So yeah. that's how I approach it, anyway.
1: Cool, Karen. It's good. I um, every year on New Year's Day, <laughs> I make myself a list of goals for the year, like just life goals. Yeah. Um, some of it is income based. Some of it is like personal, like like be a good mom this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's an year. important one. As opposed to the last year when I was a terrible mom. No, but um, I make I make goal lists of of things that I want to accomplish that year, and then as they start to happen, I go back and I I check them off and I look at you know what they are a few times a year. On a day to day basis, I make to do lists because I have a million things on my mind at all times, and I have to write things down otherwise I forget them. Then I try to check off everything on my to-do list as soon as I possibly can. So as soon as I see it, like some things are like email back, you know, so-and-so I, and if, as soon as I see it on my to-do list, I do it right away and then cross it off. The faster I can get through that to-do list, the more free time I have for the rest of the day, to do things that are kind of bigger goals, like updating my website or like getting you know demos put together, or whatever the kind of larger goals are, I am at a point in my career now, thankfully, knock on wood that we stay this way, that I think if I didn't audition for you know a, a while, I would still make enough money from repeat clients to right. keep us afloat for a long time. So heaven forbid, I would like lose my voice or something. But if for some reason I I couldn't audition, I would have enough clients that I've worked with before who keep working with me again and again, that we would be okay, which I think is a good place to be because it means that you're not only relying on your mm-hmm. auditions. And it means that your auditions are less important because you don't need to book that commercial in order to survive. And for me, that gives me kind of like a It lets me be more free with my auditions, I think, Mm -hmm. because it's like, yeah, I could book this or not. So let me just like do something weird. And often they really like that weird thing.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And that speaks to you being good and you being hired again. You know, that's why (laughs) investing in performance coaching is worthwhile because, you know, you book the gig, you don't just book the gig, you do so well that they want to hire you again. Yeah.
1: But also I think it's being service minded, having a customer service outlook for my business and really considering myself a business it's it, the performance part of it is a big part but the other part of it is just you know i have clients who say like i need this e-learning done by tomorrow it's 45 different files it's 45 minutes long can you get it done and i say oh yes absolutely i can and then i spend however long it takes and i know how to export files the way that they want them and i send it off and it's and it's accurate and fast that's i think what everyone wants
0: Yeah, especially if you're not doing commercials and I mean, I'm sure they do in the commercial world, but I'm thinking at the corporations that I've worked with, they're not necessarily working with creatives all the time and definitely appreciate that customer service where you give the white glove treatment and you give it to them in advance and it's exactly how they want it and they want to pick up, you can do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah.
1: exactly.
2: Sometimes you're dealing with clients in different countries and, you know, they've different time zones so yeah. you're delivering stuff at nine nine o'clock at night or six a.m in the morning just just has to be like that sometimes so. yeah yeah
0: you guys are great and I'm so excited for your conference so where can folks and I know there's a few um tickets left where can they learn more about vocation the business Voice
1: voiceover conference you can go to our website which is www.vocationconference.com And there you'll find a link to uh, an Eventbrite page where you can buy tickets, and you'll also find information about who's speaking and kind of what the sample day is going to look like and all all that other fun
0: info. Awesome. I have a few friends that are going to be attending, and I'm super excited. Yeah. Thank you, Karin and Jamie. If you're in NYC, even if you're not in NYC, if you want to learn about the business side of voiceovers, this is the conference for you. Now, there are still a few tickets left. You can go to www.vocationconference.com. All righty, folks, until next week, here's to owning our voices.